0: Welcome to another episode of your favorite vegetable podcast, Salad. We're back. We're back this week uh, after a brief hiatus um, over the past few weeks. Um, As you and your family and friends have probably noticed over the past few weeks, um, life has kind of changed here in America uh, in a lot of big ways with the COVID-19 crisis taking over and all of the self-distancing and quarantining here. Um, So it's been a little bit of a hectic week for the salad boys here, but um, we're back here to give you some cold, fresh takes. I have with me here today, Zach. Zach, you want to say hey to everybody?
1: Hello, good morning, everyone. I hope everyone is staying uh, safe and healthy in this, you know, very weird and unprecedented time. So, good morning/slash evening/slash whenever you're listening to this. But here, it's morning. Um, One of the side effects of of being in quarantine is you kind of forget what day it is, Um, (laughs) and so that's that's been happening to me, and, and also forgetting what day the podcast comes out on, but anyways yeah so we're here we wanted to bring you something from quarantine and kind of talk through
0: uh everything that's going on with us but yeah Mm -hmm. definitely and um as uh You know, as close listening viewers might have noticed, I am not Trent. I am Cole. Um, (laughs) Trent is uh, feeling a little bit under the weather today, so we thought we'd give him a little time off to kind of rest and recuperate. So it'll just be Zach and I uh, giving you those fresh takes today. Um, We are live again, like Zach said, from quarantine, from our respective quarantine locations, myself here in uh, Santa Monica. Zach, uh, nestled safely away in Tempe, um, but we kind of we just wanted to kick things off by uh, telling you guys a little bit what our last few weeks have been looking like. So, as maybe some of you guys are, we have been working from home. Uh, our both of our companies have kind of gone on uh, quarantine, have all of our employees working from home, uh, sort of indefinitely. At least my company has, uh, Media Hub um so we've been working from home since um not last thursday but the thursday before that so it's been over two weeks now um so it's been definitely an adjustment kind of getting used to time at home i know i'm i'm here with uh quarantined with my girlfriend um we're both working from home so that's been kind of a trip um you know we have to take conference calls in separate rooms figure out how we want to set up everything um it's it's been interesting but it's kind of weird how you you know just kind of figure these things out and it kind of it kind of brings you even a little closer together I'd say. Um Zach, I don't know how your uh quarantine experience has been going so far, but how's the uh, work from home been? Um I feel like actually we have very
1: similar stories to tell uh, <laughs> a little bit a little you bit know, and not and not just in the sense of work from home. Y- yes, my agency has also been work from home. Uh, I believe we officially went we officially switched over i think like the day after you did i know we were texting each other uh in our group chat for this podcast and all talking about you know did you do it yet you know there was like that weird that weird like couple days of oh did your company go work from home mine just did you know like they just said this this email came out uh i remember that that was like when it was happening you know like that sort of moment and i think i got the email uh maybe a day after you did announcing that we were also going uh completely work from home um originally they had given us like a couple weeks and they said they're gonna keep monitoring since then it's been expanded clearly it's already been a couple weeks and 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 we're not going back anytime soon um and so it's definitely been an adjustment uh similarly again to you um i'm also here quarantined with my girlfriend who is working from home as well Uh, So definitely dealing with the challenges of taking conference calls in different rooms Mm -hmm. and uh, segmenting like our like when we're coming out into the like the living room area, because we live in an apartment. So there's not a lot of space, Mm -hmm. as you know, so it's a lot of, you know, taking up like I've been working mostly on my couch in the living room, which I don't mind doing. Uh, I lounge out because I'm a slob, apparently. <laughs> I just like lay down oh, on the couch. Uh, work habits revealed, <laughs> and and I work just fine like that. Uh, and and she's been sitting actually where I'm sitting right now, in like at like a desk in a chair, which seems like a much more proper work from home environment. But getting used to that sort of schedule has been has been interesting. Um, Mm-hmm. Also, it, the other thing, just to sorry, there's just oh, yeah, no, up. oh yeah. no. Yeah. I wanted to bring this up too is uh, dogs are an interesting part of working from home. I have two of them, and they very much enjoy popping onto to uh, Zoom or Microsoft Team calls whenever they feel like it, uh, which is often a breath of, of fresh mm-hmm. air for everyone who's watching, um, but quite a funny experience when you know you're like talking with a client. And your dog just jumps in, and, and 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 now of all times, like you know, no one really cares. A lot of people welcome it, um, and and it 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 warrants a fun response from everyone on the call. But just those weird little things that you wouldn't necessarily think would
0: be our normal that are now our normal are are, are pretty funny. Mm-hmm. No, I I think that's so. I think that's that's so funny. It reminds me of like this tweet that I saw that there was, it was like thoughts of a dog and this, this dog saying like, every time my owner patches in to the video call, I see all of these other people and they, they cheer for me. And it just ends with <laughs> I am the only thing holding their company together. like <laughs> I literally feel that's probably what Poe is now doing for, <laughs> for you guys. And, uh, and, uh, or Finn, sorry. A different oh. style of his name. I got. I have another friend who has a dog named Poe. I got mixed up. So. Fair, fair. Um, but yeah, Finn. I know. Um, but I don't know. I'm sure that Finn is bringing joy to um, a lot of people on conference calls yeah. as well. And it, it just is funny that you know whether it's kids, whether it's dogs, you know, it's like people. You know, we're getting like bigger peaks into our coworkers like, at home lives. Yeah. You know, it's like everyone's got to get their background all set up just correctly. Or I don't know, or you can drop a background in if you just don't want to show it. I feel like, though, we're kind of seeing two groups kind of form here. Kind of what you were saying, Zach, is like people that are more comfortable just like lounging and doing work you know just like chilling in sweatpants like doing whatever where mm-hmm. versus like some people that have to like get ready you know get showered every morning and like get themselves together before they before they start working from home you know i feel like yeah. there's kind of like two camps kind of forming yeah
1: no i feel like it definitely is it's and it's funny to see there's been so many like tweets and, and articles about like what type of like, you start realizing what type of work from home person you are, uh, you know, especially for people who don't do it that frequently. Uh, mm-hmm. For me personally, like I, I already work from home one day a week. And so it was obviously it's, it's very different working from home every day a week, but I already had sort of my place, you know, like, that's the same place that I used to work beforehand. I already had like the setup that I use when I'm working from home and and kind of the schedule that I, that I stick to when I'm working from home, which, which really helped with the transition for me. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. you know, I just, I, I, like I said, it's doing it five days a week is a lot different because you start to, I feel like the weeks for me have actually gone by a lot faster, but you, you just, it's, it's, it's a different experience needing, needing to do it every day, but at the very least, having had that experience prior from being allowed to work from home one day a week, uh, really helped in my adjustment period. You know, it really Mm -hmm. helped make it pretty easy for me to switch over. Um, and and the biggest adjustment in that sense was then working at working from home with someone else, which is kind of what we already touched on, but working from home when you've got someone else in the space too, because typically, um, my girlfriend isn't here when I'm working from home. She's either at class or at her work. So that was a change. Um, Have you, sorry, a question that just popped into my head. Have you guys tried any like virtual happy hours or done anything with your team uh, or friends or anything to, to kind of, you know, see faces still while we're, while we're getting through this?
0: Hmm. I feel like uh, I feel like that's kind of one of the important things, you know. And it's one thing that I've like. I feel like I'm reading a lot, you know, and well, like reading a lot in articles that like you should show your face, mm-hmm. you know, in in calls as much as you can. And yeah, so we've done that a little bit at Media Hub. So we've done some virtual happy hours. Um, they'll be so one thing. Uh, is we'll do like virtual coffee lines in the morning. So a lot of times people will wait in line for coffee together. Um, So they've set up like a zoom chat in the morning with that and we even bring in our uh, old barista as well in there. Um, So it's kind of fun to see everybody there. They do like a a meditation moment um, halfway through the day. So there's usually like a 15 minute, uh, you know, meditation time around noon that people will patch in for. Um, So it's just a few things like that. Um, I know one thing that's really helped me and my team is we've instituted like a daily stand up, you know, where just everyone gets on Mm -hmm. the call early in the morning. And I feel like that's been kind of one of the big things um, is just, you know, checking in and seeing people's faces because it's so it's so much easier to kind of like fall by the wayside or like not be involved in what's going on. Um, I know it, with Twitch, we've been super busy this past week. So it's, you know, it's been crazy. And, and we've had to kind of do stand-up meetings every morning to kind of just check in, yeah. you know, see where everyone's at and kind of go from there. But um, it's been really nice. I'd say Media Hub's done some some cool stuff. Like I said, the virtual happy hours. Um, we've had a few all-agency meetings where we just come together and kind of discuss what's going on. We did a QA. and a um early on as well and i feel like kind of what everyone's doing at agencies and all these different places are just trying to figure out you know how do we get through this how do we you know kind of move on in a positive way and i mean you talk about you are already working from home one day a week you know one thing that we're i think well one thing working in agencies we're fortunate to be able to work from home yeah. but Also, too, you know, the technology has advanced so much, you know, even in the past 10 years, it's like everything that we're able to do online, um, you know, it really makes it a lot easier and kind of, I don't know, the thing that I've been thinking about that almost worries me a little bit is like, after this is all over, I feel like a lot of companies will end up you know deserting their super expensive office spaces mm-hmm. and have more people working from home just because like I got to imagine it's going to be cheaper I mean who knows though yeah you know, no it might become more of the new normal anyway
1: it very well could you know like especially with with like this is kind of proof of concept in a way you know like if it, if it mm-hmm. works like there's a lot of things that have been holding people back uh, from going to more work from home uh, from, even if it's like creating some sort of hybrid office where like, not everyone is required to come in, but there's a space if you want to collaborate or, you know, for conference rooms, whatever it may be. Uh, but there's been certain things that were, that were holding companies back, you know, nervousness about what it will be. And this is one of those moments where we were, everyone was thrown into it, you know, totally unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, I believe at least for, for us, it's been working out fairly well, I think. Um there's been obviously challenges and stuff, but it's proving that it is possible to transition to a mostly work from home environment and and still work. We also implemented those stand ups we've We've actually been doing them uh even every day when we were in the office. but as you mentioned, like having some sort of stand up meeting in the morning is is super helpful, but it's just working from home doesn't seem that lonely. When you're still having that face-to-face contact, whether it be happy hours or stand-up meetings or just jumping on a call real quick instead of sending a couple Slack messages or a couple Microsoft Teams messages, whatever you use, um, a lot of that for us has turned into short little video calls. And the majority of us are keeping our videos on, whereas like when I worked from home, when I was still uh, going to the office, most of the time on any sort of call, I'd just have the video off. You know, oh, yeah. and I just, yeah. and I just talk, um, mm-hmm. but we've tried very hard as a, as a, as an agency and as a company, uh, to keep showing our faces, uh, just to get that sort of face-to-face contact, um, and it's, I think that does really, really help, and I think it makes it feel a little bit less lonely at home, um, mm-hmm. and of course, yeah, to, to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying, uh, I actually did my first virtual happy hour uh, this past Friday, at least uh-huh. with people from work. Um, yeah, and it was, it was really fun. I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of this, like, it was a lot of like sharing your work from home experience. Like that, I feel like we spent yeah. like the first, like 45 minutes, uh, uh, talking about everyone's different experiences, working from home, showing pets mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. talking about drinks, you know, like all of that sort of stuff. But uh-huh. it, was, it was, it was really a nice time of connection. And, and we had a couple people that we, that we do some freelance work with on the call too, who don't live in Arizona. So it was again, kind of like what we were doing, like someone from California was on. So we were talking with them about what it's like there and the differences between uh, life here in Arizona and, and life there. Cause we're in different we're in different levels of quarantine mandated by the government. And so uh, we were trying to see if that was actually affecting anyone, um, you know, how many people are outside, et cetera, et cetera. But sharing all of that stuff has been, has been really interesting and, and, and really nice in a lot of ways to just kind of see that we're all in this together, you know, regardless of where we are, like everyone is adjusting to this, this sort of new normal and, and everyone's trying to figure out how, how to to live their life mostly inside and, and kind of how their, their routines are going to work for the foreseeable future. Um, mm-hmm. but sharing all of that has been, yeah. been kind of special and nice in that sense.
0: It definitely has. It's almost been like, uh, you know, what's your it, – your social distancing has become like your new small talk. You know, I feel like in so many ways, it's like whenever and and I feel like I've been doing this a lot more and, you know, reaching out to people and just seeing what's going on. At least, I don't know, in my life, it's made me want to do that more, especially being away from family and whatnot here in California. And it just feels like, yeah, everyone that you talk to has their own quarantine story, their own, you know, thing that they're dealing with, you know, and, and like you said, it's, it's interesting to see in different parts of the country, you know, this is going to be different. Um, you know, as you said, in Arizona, you guys, have, you've been working from home, but there's not necessarily a safe, at, a shelter at home order there. Mm-hmm. Whereas here in California, you know, we, uh, you know, if you're walking with someone, uh, too closely that you don't live with, you know, you'll get a ticket. Yeah. um they've really they've really started to institute a lot more strict policies here where even if you're driving uh too far away from your home um they'll tell you to return to your your home uh you know if you're not going to the closest grocery store or something nearby Um, You know, they'll stop you. They've closed all the beaches now as well. All the beaches and piers, all of the parks as well. Um, You know, everything's really shutting down here. And they're really trying to keep people in place in your homes. Um, And so, you know, hopefully the whole country doesn't end up having to do this. Um, You know, it might kind of start to go that way over the next few weeks. But um, it's just interesting To have everything change like that i think um and it really does make you take uh that you don't take for granted you know those moments of human connection and like all of you know like you said zach our little happy hours you know even just showing your face and things like that can really help to keep bringing people together in this time that like you know we can't be physically together So, I mean, it's just crazy, but I think that, um, you know, this is a really big impact, too, for the broader um, economy as well and our industry. you know, for the most part, I don't think things are, you know, brands right now are still pretty much in a state of shock, um, you know, after everything that happened. But we have started to see some brands kind of come forward and do some good things. Um, You know, there's kind of been a lot of hullabaloo about this ventilator uh, business. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for their part, um, the, the automakers are now um, building ventilators um we 've seen a lot of different i know luxury brands and other clothing companies have started making masks yeah. um, and uh medical gowns for um for you know patients and whatnot um and kind of the interesting thing that we 've seen is as our own lives have changed we 've started to see brands really um change their messaging and change kind of what they 're doing you know it 's like we have major automakers that are now um, you know, not building cars anymore. They're building medical devices. We have, again, like major fashion companies that are not, they're not sewing new bags. They're not building new clothes. They're making, you know, masks and they're making, uh, you know, gowns and stuff. And it's just really interesting to see all these brands transition now. Um, and I know that one that, um, Zach and I have been talking about a lot was, um, Budweiser's one team that came out and i know that zach you are really interested in this one did you kind of want to jump in and explain what budweiser is doing to help or? yeah um, and i like that you that you toss
1: it over without just saying um what the ad that budweiser made but what budweiser is doing to help because i think that's a very important distinction as we we talked about before we came on air here is um the companies that are making some of these ads the ones that are that are resonating at least for me Are the ones that are for people and for companies who are doing what they can. You know, the the companies who are transitioning their factories to build or to make masks or to build ventilators or or gowns. The ones that are using the resources that they have uh, in a way that they can help out. And and I feel like those ones are the ones that are uh, that are a little bit more special. um, And 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 give you the freedom to to sort of make something. to, to get that message out, you know, there there's, there's a reason that you're getting that message out. And it's, and it's to show how you're helping to show how you're supporting, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so for for Budweiser for Anheuser-Busch, um, they're doing a lot with the American Red Cross. <clears throat> Excuse me, I had a I had a little frog in my throat. Um, You're scaring me, Zach. You're scaring me. (laughs) No. Um, They're doing a little bit with the American Red Cross uh, because there's a lack of people donating blood right now. Uh, And so that's sort of the route that Budweiser has taken. And they're redirecting $5 million that normally goes into their sports and entertainment marketing to the uh, American Red Cross, as well as uh, working with some of their sports partners uh, at the stadiums. So a lot of the major sports stadiums, they're trying to open up those stadiums as places to host blood drives in this time where we obviously need a lot of space to distance ourselves. So they're, they're really working with a lot of their partners that are in a time of um, quarantine and, and shutdown. Obviously, every major sports league in the country is, is now on standby. Uh, and they're, they're finding a way to work with those partners and to use that space that's not being used right now for good. Um, In addition to the $5 and in addition to opening up uh, professional sports stadiums for blood drives, they also opened up a couple of their own factories that typically uh, give tours. So they opened up those places that they they typically give tours to host blood drives, and they also are, like, donating ad space to the American Red Cross for PSA announcements. It's like they're putting in a lot of effort to try and help out the American Red Cross, and they created an ad about it, um, which is uh i i, I you, you really do just have to watch it because it as it builds you kind of understand more of the idea they're going for, but it's essentially showing people on the front lines of this whole experience uh whether it's nurses or um doctors people delivering food, you know like just all sorts of different people that are still out doing their day to day uh because they have to because they're essential um, it's showing photos of those people and over Um, over those photos, it's saying this one's for the, uh, for the blues, for the angels. So it's, it's, it's overlaying all of them with, with sports teams names, um, which you sort of catch on as you start watching this ad is, is that like, it starts out and it says like for the blues, for the reds, and it's showing a nurse in blue, um, and then a a red cross worker. So it, it starts out pretty literal. But as it continues to go on, it says for the Warriors, for the Yankees, for the Braves, and that you start to catch on to the fact that they're actually using the sports names and the tie in comes in at the end when you're seeing that they're donating the stadiums. It makes sense why they are using the names of all these
0: sports teams. Um, to describe these frontline workers. Yeah, I gotta Um, say, I love the. uh, I think you really do have to see the ad because the copy is really. They do a very good job of it. Um, I think to your point, Zach, of using the sports team names Mm -hmm. to kind of call out the first responders. It's it's awesome.
1: Yeah, and I don't have much else to say about it besides that. Like, it is something you have to watch. But it was for me. I, I actually ended up watching it twice at first, which I don't do with a lot of ads. Um uh and part of it was just because at the end when you get that payoff of like they they announced that they're using the sports teams uh and the sports stadiums I was like wait did they actually just use sports names for every single one of those like like I said they didn't catch in catch catch on to it right at the beginning and so then I went back and watched it again and I was like they totally did like every single this one's for the blank was the name of a, a of an american professional sports team which was pretty interesting um but yeah, it was, It made me happy to see the amount of effort that they put into helping, you know, more so than the ad itself. The thing that made me like happy with this this campaign and, and impressed by this campaign was the amount of effort that they're actually putting into making sure the American Red Cross can continue to do what they do.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the cool thing that we were seeing, you know, is brands stepping up to make a difference here. Mm-hmm. um and i think that Budweiser i mean is such a great example i mean they are um you know they're such a core american brand you know they're almost there is american you know as apple pie or coke you know or something yeah. like that and i think you know to have them bringing everybody together not only around that but around you know sports which i think is such a big central part of american culture especially you know big football stadiums and you know baseball games and whatnot mm-hmm. and you know the stadiums themselves um you know using those in order to give care, I think is such a great idea. And the fact that they're a company that's able to, to do that is awesome. Yeah. Um, And I think that too, it, it shines a light on a point that, you know, we're talking about all of these issues, you know, wash your hands, you know, treating Corona patients, ventilators, things like that. But, what we all have to remember, too, is that while this is going on, you know, there's still going to be people that, you know, have to get blood transfusions, that get in car accidents, that have heart attacks and stuff like that. And, you know, our our health infrastructure and the medical system is going to be really taxed by everything coming in th- uh, because of coronavirus cases. But all of these other people still need care, too. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think shining a light on that is really important, you know, that it really is going to have to be a group effort, you know, to get through all this. But, you know, as, but I think that, you know, as Americans too, we have kind of this spirit of coming together, you know, to, to get through big crises like this, you know, and I think that that they're really showing this. And I think that we're going to see a lot of other brands, hopefully doing stuff Um, maybe not as big as this, but doing stuff like that too. Like, um, I know for example, my, um, so my client Twitch yesterday did, um, something called stream aid. So you guys might remember, um, if you saw Bohemian Rhapsody or if you were around during the eighties, live aid was this big concert that, you know, Queen was at all these other huge bands. Um, to kind of raise money and awareness for AIDS. Um, and so what uh, Twitch did is they hosted something called StreamAid, that was basically a huge fundraiser for, um, a huge fundraiser for the WHO um, to raise money for COVID research and treatment um, of patients in other countries and whatnot. Um, so that ended up being a really good performance. Um, we ended up having some really big acts on it as well. Um, you know, people like we had like One Republic, we had um, John Legend was there, Diplo, um, a lot of really big acts um, ended up showing up for this thing. Um, but we ended up raising over two and a half million dollars as well um, over the course of just one day of streaming. And I know that tomorrow or tonight actually um Fox as well is doing a huge benefit concert. I believe it's something like um you know benefit concert from our couches or something like that. And it's going to be a similar thing and that's being led by Elton John as well. Um so it's going to have a ton of celebrities that are just literally live streaming in from their houses and uh playing their instruments. And that was kind of the really cool thing about the Twitch thing as well is just that you know all of these artists aren't going to be able to play concerts for all of this Period of time, you know, and but using their gifts to kind of give back in a way, I think yeah. is really cool. And I imagine that this is just the beginning of you know tons of benefit concerts and all of these different things that are going to be going out to, you know, help people. And I, I think it's good that you know we're kind of early in this thing, but um, to already see people willing to give back, um, I think is really cool. Yeah,
1: and and to that point too, it's nice as you said, like it's nice that brands are are finding their way to do what they can. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like like exactly. if this Budweiser has good relationships with their sports, with the sports teams and they have the power to donate stadiums, which is huge, you know? And then there's mm-hmm. someone on Twitch who's a, who's a relatively new player who has the ability to live stream and they're using that capability to deliver these concerts and, and, and these people and, and kind of bringing us together in that way to raise money. It's nice to see every brand finding what they have available to them in their current infrastructure and in their current business practice to help out, you know, and that's when you get again back into like the clothing companies like Nike and gap who are making masks and, and, and making gowns and stuff like that. It's, it's nice to see that, you know, it's kind of in that sense, it's kind of a special time um, to Mm -hmm. see just everyone doing what they can and, and really trying to do their part to, to help out. I don't know. That's just, that's just touching to me. And it, and it is nice. You kind of touched on this a little bit. I'm going to bring it back up uh, to like, it's nice to see us. We're starting to kind of confide behind these bigger like legacy brands for the most part too. You talked about it when Budweiser is, is as American as Coke or apple pie and yeah. Ford did something like this too. These brands that have been around through crises that we've had in the past are really the ones that are, that are kind of being our voice of reason, at least at first because they're the bigger brands are the ones that have the ability to do this. Those are the ones that are pushing out these grander spots saying, Hey, we've been around, you know, we, we, we whatever they're doing, they have the ability to do that. And they've, they've lived through times of crises before, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, whether it be war times or uh, other sorts of pandemics or 9-11, whatever it is, you know, any sort of crises that we've experienced, they've, they've had to deal with that in the past. And so we're, I feel like, as consumers or just as people who are watching these things, we kind of turn more towards those bigger brands, the Fords, the Nikes, the Budweiser's,
0: the, you know, so on and so forth that have mm-hmm. you know, weathered storms like this in the past. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think it's interesting too, you bring up Nike as well, because they did their, um, what is it? Play together for the world, mm-hmm. um, their spot that they kind of pushed out recently as well. Um, and it's kind of interesting. I think we're going to see, you know, Nike saying, okay, yeah, they, they can kind of stake their flag and like, oh, playing together, you know, um, protecting everybody by not, you know, meeting up in big groups, you know, okay, that's where Nike can kind of plant their flag. But I think mm-hmm. we're also going to see two brands over the next few weeks maybe make some gaffes as well yeah. um, as certain brands try to be more relevant in the space than they, than they probably are. Yeah. Um, not to say that Nike did that, um, but I think that there's – it's closer to the line than you know some other than like a budweiser and so it will kind of be interesting to see how brands are judged on their uh their relative responses because yeah. i think added. there's some somewhere for everybody to help out in a way but you know it's just how do you how you handle that. it has to be authentic to you that's kind of like that's what you're saying yeah. like twitch is doing something that's
1: authentic to twitch you know like mm-hmm. something that they can do it's a very obvious leap you know budweiser did something that's authentic to them it's it's you can't just do something for the sake of doing something. Uh, it might, mm-hmm. you, you run the risk of it falling flat in that sense. You know, like mm-hmm. it's, if you're, if you're truly finding a way to use your resources, to use your business to help out and you're mm-hmm. creating something in response to that or in light of how you're helping out uh, you're probably going to be just fine. But if you're just creating something because you want to be in the conversation Mm -hmm. might not be as fine. You know, that's
0: when you start to run that risk and we're going to see some of those slip ups. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And I know that one thing that's also come with this too, is we haven't had to do so much for Twitch, but I know other brands, um, had to like retcon a lot of their, uh, content calendars and whatnot because you know anything in relation to sharing coming together events you know that all has to be mixed as well so i know there's been a lot of there, probably on your end as well doing a lot of changes to the copy and whatnot Mm -hmm. have you
1: seen that yep it's it's kept me busy for the last two weeks it's it's been a (laughs) lot of it (laughs) changing things up and, and and trying to pivot and reposition and everything you know all of that stuff and 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 it's the right thing to do. Like, I'm glad that people aren't just continue on continuing on as normal, because this is very obviously not normal, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Exactly. And so it's nice to see that they're taking the time to do that. But yeah, it's been a lot of, you know, putting together last minute changes and last minute strategies. And okay, what is our messaging going to be like to the world now, you know, in in this new sort of normal that we're in? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's been, that's been the challenge. So yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely
0: happening. Definitely. And I mean, we even, I even see it on my, I mean, I'm so much, I'm more tracking the results of it as well, but we're already having clients say, okay, what's happening now that, you know, now that people are on lockdown, how is that changing? How they're, you know, viewing Twitch, all this stuff, we're getting all these questions now. And I think that this is just starting to show that there is a shift um but kind of to your point zach and and speaking of of not mincing words um it wouldn't be a salad podcast if we didn't bring up Wyden kennedy would it <laughs> so, um, <laughs> we're going to be bringing up uh Wyden today because they also put out an ad in relation to the coronavirus um this is actually done for the state of oregon um and and it's sort of a um, I, I guess I don't want to call it a warning ad, but it's um, it's an ad basically meant to get your attention and alert you to the risks of um, coronavirus, essentially. You know, there's kind of been, um, you know, it, coronavirus has gotten a little political in some ways. Luckily, we've mostly been able to kind of rise above that. But, you know, there's some people saying, oh, you know, it's not that much worse than the flu. Oh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and I think that, Uh, Wyden kind of made this ad as a response to that Um, so basically all it is is it's the I believe it's yellow and blue Um, it's mainly though yellow kind of reminiscent of the Oregon uh, state flag a little bit is what it's meant to be but in very bold letters um, you know they basically say that I believe it's you know. Um, if you don't stay inside because of coronavirus, um, 1.4% of the population could die, you know, and it and it puts it very flatly in saying, you could accidentally pass it to your teacher, your neighbor, your, you know, your friend's husband, you know, it's all of these, it goes through all of these different things to really just show the impact of not social distancing and what you know, the impact of not responding to this crisis can really be because it, it really puts in very stark terms with, um, I believe there's like a, you know, a heartbeat monitor going on in the background, literally of the ad. So of course, you know, you're getting really tense and it's really frightening and whatnot. Um, but it really makes you almost like seize up a little bit. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't go outside. I can't go do anything. And I think that they really you know, they seize on the moment, clearly, because they're talking about all these different, you know, coronavirus statistics and whatnot. Um, but I think that that's good in the sense that they're using it to raise awareness and really get people to take it seriously. Um, I think because, you know, you, as Americans, too, we don't like being told what to do so much as well. Um, I feel like I know I don't. Um, so. You know, sometimes you really do have to kind of put the, the fear of God in, in people's hearts, I think, to really get them to not do something, to get them to think twice. Um, and I think that that was kind of their point of this. And I know that this is going to be a, a, accompanied by, I believe, an out-of-home campaign as well, just with this really bold text of saying, you know, like, if you go outside, you know, you could kill someone. And I think, you know, it's like you could accidentally kill someone or something like that. Because really, it it, it does put it into perspective of what could happen by not following these rules. Um, and so I think it's important in that sense. Um, but, you know, you kind of walk the line between what's, at what point do you not want to panic people? Or what point do you not want to, you know, just be scaring people uh, a lot? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's something to be taken seriously, too. I don't know. Um, Zach, what do you think? Do you think it's a little bit too bold or do you think it's the right amount you know do you think um, they strike the balance
1: i feel like it depends on the person for my personal taste i i didn't mind it too much um mm-hmm. and yeah. i think it's firm on purpose uh you, yeah. you had brought up the yellow and the bold type it reminds me of caution tape yes That's what it reminds yeah. me of um when you're looking at these posters and the whole ad is like that it's just a yellow background with big bold type on it it reminds me a lot of of, of caution tape which really plays into the the vibe that they're going for, but the point is, yeah, the 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 main line for the campaign is don't accidentally kill someone, um, and it and it phrases everything in that sense. It, it 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 frames, excuse me, um, so instead of like you had mentioned, like instead of just saying like you're gonna pass it on to someone, it's saying like you could kill your neighbor, your your doctor, your teacher, whatever it is, like it it. it, it it's in your face. It's, it's very blunt and in your face, but I think what it's trying to do, as you mentioned, is there's been a lot of back and forth as to how serious it is. And and we kind of maybe started on the wrong foot with Mm -hmm. fighting it and, and in trying to like, you know, fix those, like mend those issues and, and kind of get into everyone's head. Like, this is a very serious thing. This sort of message to me does that, you know, this is the, Listen, like you might not be taking this as seriously as you should, but you could accidentally kill someone. And mm-hmm. when you think of it that way, when you when you put that responsibility on you, like if so and so dies, it's in a way it's your fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is scary, you know. It is very scary. Like you said, that's a very terrifying way to think of it. But I think it also, for people who aren't necessarily thinking of it that way, it mm-hmm. might open their eyes to the seriousness and the gravity of the situation. And so to me, while it is in your face, it is, it is a little, it's, it's very close to walking that line between too far um, uh-huh. because you don't want to cause just, you know, mayhem, you know, you, you don't want to mm-hmm. necessarily have everyone terrified. Uh, mm-hmm. I think in contrast to some of the other stuff that we've been seeing being pushed out via the news, et cetera, and just people's perceptions, I think it's, it's almost like a a nudge that, that we needed, you know, Yeah. to me. And, and, and and I, so I'm, I'm totally on board with it, but it was definitely, even when I watched it, uh, jarring, you know, just to watch, just to see the statistics and, and for them to use such harsh terms such as you could kill so-and-so and And it ends on like, you could kill your child. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's how serious this is. Like that's the one in that, in that little, it's like cycling through, you know, like it said, like doctor, teacher, neighbor, and it ends on child, which it, it's it's very
0: serious, you know what I mean, and it, and it does a good job of explaining that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean I think you're totally right there in the sense that yeah, it can be a bit jarring, it is definitely in your face, but I mean in the end, everything that they're showing, all of the stats and stuff, like it's true, you know, none of it's trumped, none none of it's like fake. Of course, I use that word, but you know. It, <laughs> you know, none of it's like pushed up, you know, in a way that to make it seem bigger than it is, because it that's the honest to God truth of it, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's statistics that should be out there and presented in a serious light. And I, and one of the, um, one of my favorite spots of the whole thing is, um, you guys, uh, you know, you listeners out there are probably aware of um, Keep Portland Weird as kind of the um, you know, the de facto slogan of Portland that we stole from Austin, um, that <laughs> is written on a building in Portland and, you know, people associate with that. But, um, one of these out of home for this spot is keep Portland weird and, but weird is crossed out and it says after it alive. Yeah. So um, I think that that's just a great, you know, widen kind of playing to their roots a little bit there, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I gotta, I gotta be there for it. I love it. Um, but again, too, it, it's it's kind of interesting because I think that you know, in this kind of new age, it's almost we really do have almost these two forms of messaging now that are going to be um, really clear, where it's you know, warning people and telling them to kind of stay inside, and then you know. Lifting people up and showing them how we're helping to defeat this, you know, and it kind of feels like those are that sort of attack that that, you know, brands can kind of play in right now, um, besides just like donating and helping out. So it'll be kind of interesting, I think, to see over the next few weeks as, you know, more brands respond to this crisis, you know, things are going to be changing. Um, you know, on a, on a day, di- they are changing, they are changing on a daily basis. They're going to continue to change, you know, I think on a weekly basis as well. So um, I, I mean, unless there's anything else you want to say, Zach, I think this pretty much covers the ads that um, I wanted to touch on today. Um, I think hopefully we'll be back again next week. Um, hopefully Trent will again be joining us as well. Um, and, you know, we can kind of continue to to talk about this crisis as it unfolds Um, because, you know, this really is history here. And I think that, uh, you know, brands are really going to be measured on their response to it. And, um, you know, we'll see kind of where we come out on the other side of this thing, but uh, anything else you want to add, Zach? No, I think you, you summed it up very nicely
1: and, you know, just considering the gravity of the situation. And like you said, it it really is history. People are going to refer back to this for, years and years and years you know mm-hmm. um yeah. and so yeah i just encourage everyone to stay inside and stay safe and stay healthy and uh we'll hopefully be back next week talking to you again as we adjust to the weekly changes that we're all facing yeah. so you for listening
0: honestly yeah yeah thanks for keeping listening out there um yeah, hopefully you guys keep checking in each week. I think I think that hopefully we'll we'll continue to be here and giving you guys updates. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's that's solid for today. Um, so Zach, I'll hand it off to you. Do I get to say the thing? I, I if you want to, I guess.
1: Sure. I'm gonna say the thing. All right, dude. It's it. my time. Have an oh, fantastic God. week.
0: All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye, guys. Have a good one.